Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about programming because I talk a lot about a lifetime of athleticism. It's not just about training through pregnancy or postpartum rebuild or training for a specific event. The focus of the work I do, and I think of honestly, any good coaching approach is to be able to zoom out on behalf of why are we training? It's about quality of life, longevity, and building a lifetime of athleticism, knowing that there will be seasons where that training approach has to look different. For example, pregnancy, postpartum, a life event, mental health, sickness, injury, surgery, whatever it might be. There's always going to be something that has to make our training adjust. And we're going to have other seasons where our capacity to do more, perform differently, is a lot higher. Okay? So we have to have this kind of perspective when we talk about what it means to pursue this lifetime of athleticism, knowing it will look different at different points in time. A theme that I really wish more people understood and has honestly gotten lost in translation in the fitness industry is that a good training program has workouts that repeat. I recently had a complaint against my pregnancy program from somebody who's a practitioner. And she said that she was disappointed that the workouts repeated on like a two week cycle, basically. And I think that in and of itself shows that there's a big disconnect in the fitness industry about what a training program should actually look like. If we are training with the intention of making progress, of improving our education and knowledge base, of improving our movement, of improving the way we do things, of improving body composition, of getting stronger, of getting, of just mastering different movement patterns, especially during a season like pregnancy where your body's changing and you got to like reassess all the time, that shit should repeat. It just, it should repeat. That is the point of moving the dial forward in any training program is having consistency to the way we move and how we move. I get that there's a desire for variability and more randomized things. And we can tweak that through sets, reps, tempo, some of the accessory movements and conditioning. My belief system is that our lifestyle should provide the variability that people seek in their workout programs. I encourage you to have a consistent training program, strength training program, so that you are making progress over time. You're getting stronger. You are maybe therefore changing body composition, improving bone density, improving your metabolism, um, 
you're reducing your risk of injury because you're consistently training your muscles and your tissues to support your joint health. So many benefits of consistent strength training versus like randomized workouts. There is a time and a place for randomized workout. I'll sprinkle that in here and there throughout my week, maybe when I travel or if I just kind of like want to mix it up on a Saturday, that's fine. But my three to four days a week of like lifting, that stuff is the same. For my own training, my variability is found through activities outside of my strength training. Yes, I mix up like some of my accessory work, my loads and um, sets and reps are different each week sometimes. Um, but I find variability through jujitsu, through hiking, through running, and honestly, any kind of active activity that I do with my family at any different season, right? If it's winter, maybe we're snowboarding. If it is summer, maybe I'm stand up paddleboarding. Like that's where we get exposure to different outlets of athleticism. And that our training should prepare our bodies to do that. I My point of training now at this point in my life is my strength training needs to complement any other activity I choose to do. It should. It should. I want it to keep me healthy so that I can pursue a lifetime of athleticism knowing that it's going to look different at different points in time. Where we run into problems is when, and when people burn out, when they're not seeing progress, is when they don't have a plan in place. Like there has to be a method to the madness. Otherwise it's just all madness. And that came from a conversation uh, with my friend Steph earlier today. People think that, you know, they got to mix it up, but honestly, there's so much power in the boring. There's so much power in the predictability. There is so much to gain from knowing exactly what you're going to be doing Monday. And you know, it's probably pretty similar to what you're doing last Monday in my own life. I have been squatting on Mondays for at least 12 years, most Mondays, not all. And you know what? During certain seasons of my life, it was maybe a set of dumbbells. Other points in my life, it was a lot of weight, a very structured, um, rigid training program around like very specific weights I was lifting. But I know no matter what, on Mondays, that's what I'm doing as I'm, I'm doing um, squatting, kind of training like a lower body focus on Mondays. I know that on Wednesdays, I am most likely deadlifting. I will be doing, I've been doing that for over a decade. I will be deadlifting, deadlifting. Again, some weeks, maybe that was, or during some, some seasons that maybe that was like a kettlebell dumbbell. I was recovering from whatever it might be, or honestly, I didn't have the mental capacity to deadlift because that just requires so much. Sometimes I'm still doing that hinge pattern. I still have complementary movements that I do on these days. And that gives me power. It gives me more control over my workouts and it gives me that predictability. And the key to sustainable fitness is having an element of predictability. You know what you need to do. There's no new surprises. Again, get your surprises elsewhere, get them elsewhere, mix up your lifestyle, go on a longer walk, pursue a new hobby or an activity. There are other ways to add variability, but there's so much power when we're talking about like training for quality of life and what we want our future to look like by having consistent habits now. Comparison I can make for those of you who've ever counted macros in your life is this. For most people, they're not changing their, their macros every single week. No, they, their protein, carbs, fat, their um, overall calorie count is pretty consistent. If they're in maintenance, 
That's the key. They're in maintenance. They're trying to hit the around those same numbers most weeks. It's not suddenly changing the next week because in order to see progress, we have to be consistent there. If they're going into a deficit, then they have to be pretty consistent hitting those numbers as well. It's not really changing day to day or week to week. It's seeing for a block of time, are we moving that dial forward? And that's why workouts need to repeat themselves. We have to use that as a measuring tool to see how we're doing, what progress we're making, and to actually see that delayed gratification of progress. We're not going to see that instantaneously. But what we will feel is more confidence. We will get more body awareness and know we're like, okay, I'm dialing in this new breathing strategy, or I'm actually like my hip pain's improving. And, or if I squat to this depth, this feels a lot better than what I was doing previously. Like there is a lot of experimentation in knowing your body and using lifting as a tool to know your body intimately. There's a lot of power there. And that is how we make progress in a lot of different categories of measuring progress when it comes to our training. There's a lot of people that believe that, you know, like, of course, like CrossFit, like constantly varied, randomized, um, things like that, that lingo. Again, that is fine. It's all good for just getting a quick workout in. But the best CrossFit athletes, I worked with quite a few of them. They actually have structured strength training programs. Why? Because if they're trying to get stronger, they need to have a game plan in place. It can't just be like, oh, I guess I'll deadlift on a Wednesday and maybe again 20 days from now. That's not how strength training works. That's not how good programs work. There is repeated themes and then ways to mix up those themes by, again, adjusting load or maybe throwing in different accessory movements, but all kind of complementary. Maybe you do bent over rows one week um, with a barbell, but maybe the next week you do like a dumbbell bent over row. Again, same movement pattern, different way to perform it, different stimulus. And so we have to start looking at training in a way where that consistency helps us realize that that is what's actually going to give us so much power and so much progress in the long run. And I guess allow yourself, it's like, okay, to be bored sometimes. Like there's a lot of power there and it like doesn't have to be boring. It's our expectations that work against us. Frankly, it's athlete brain sometimes that works against us. But every good strength training program will have workouts that repeat. They will at least have the themes that repeat well and then have variables that can be adjusted over time. In my programs, the compound movements, a lot of the accessory movements, they repeat. But where we mix it up is maybe the reps, the sets, or um, or the conditioning components of that. That can be adjusted. But even still, like some of those things are worth repeating too, because then you can see, am I getting better? Am I getting more efficient? How did I feel? Like you actually have a way to measure that. You know, I'm kind of repeating myself here, but this bears repeating because we've, we've seen this get so lost in translation. And here's the thing. I believe that randomized workouts and like just that quick Metcon boot camp style thing, like that gets, that's the gateway drug that gets people in the door. That gets people bought into like finding enjoyment in fitness and to sustain that enjoyment in fitness. Eventually there will need to be a little bit more structure to that in order to see some progress in order to get better and stronger. There's just a lot of value in that. And again, maybe that's just, that is not of interest, but when I'm talking to people who want to see changes in their performance, in their body composition, in their strength, in how they feel 
and their dedication and consistency to it, the ability to keep showing up. Oh my God, keep it simple. Keep it simple so you know what you are doing on Monday, so that you know what your workout is on Thursday. And it doesn't have, like, there's an ability to learn there. There's an ability to master. There's an ability to tweak. Um, And then again, over time, you can make changes. Maybe you don't want to do back squats through this next cycle and you want to switch to front squats. Again, that's fine. Again, so much power there, but it comes from a place of like giving your body a chance to adjust, giving your body the opportunity to adapt over time. And we can't do that if we're constantly throwing a new stimulus at it. Just one way to think about that. And then another point that I've been talking about a lot um, the last couple of weeks is like there's going to be seasons where doing the minimum for your workouts are enough. This can be like the gateway drug, right? The gateway drug to getting people in the door of like, hey, you just need like 10 minutes a day or you don't need to do that much. You're just like really like lowering the bar. And trust me, I have been there multiple times for multiple reasons where like that bar has to be so freaking low. And again, like this is my job. This is my job, but also (laughs) there is a lot of life that happens regardless of if you're in the fitness industry or not. Um, Exercise has always been a priority in my life. Always. There's never been a season where it hasn't been a big part of my life, but there have been plenty of seasons where it has not been as prioritized. It hasn't, I haven't had the capacity for whatever reason to be able to train the way I want to train early motherhood, surgery, sickness, pregnancy, postpartum, rehab seasons, like whatever it might be. I'm mental health. We're just like, I don't have it in me. You know, like there's so many different things that come up at different points in life. I like to revisit this to give perspective that where you're at right now is not where you're going to be forever. And that can be in your minimal minimalism season or in your season of maximizing. Currently, I'm in a season of maximizing and I don't freaking take it for granted because I know I've been in this game long enough to know that how I'm training now isn't necessarily guaranteed. So it gives you perspective to appreciate it. And also the perspective when you're in a season of minimalism of working out, like that's not forever either. But here's the thing. This is kind of my uncomfortable, like very direct truth is like minimalism is not good enough long-term. Not when we're talking about making progress and improvement and having athletic goals, having fitness goals, having any kind of like just goals related to improving your health and your body and your wellness. Doing the minimum is not good enough. Eventually discipline and consistently has to be part of how you integrate fitness into your life. Again, certain seasons, yes, minimalism. But when you're like out of that season, it's time to be doing more than the minimum because that's what's going to help you make this progress. That's where having some structure to your training, honestly, like it gives you that consistency. It gives you that ability to know what you're going to do. It lowers that barrier of entry because you're like, I know what I got to do. I know what I got to do to make progress over time. This is not quick fix. This is long game mentality. But I think if you're listening to this podcast, I'm hoping you already bought in that this is this. there is no quick fix to sustainable health and fitness. It is about pursuing this lifetime of athleticism, lifetime of athleticism. A lot of people don't like to say that they're training or that they're an athlete. Um, that maybe they just like, they work out a couple times a week and that's fine. And I want to encourage you to look at it like, you are training though. Even if you see what you do as just a workout, you are training. You're training for a quality of life. You're training to feel better. You're training to maybe look better. You're training to perform better. Whatever it might be, you're actually training for something. It doesn't have to be like some super specific goal. Like 
I'm in a season where I am kind of training for a more specific goal. But most people, and frankly, most of the time for me, I'm not like, I'm not really training for a specific thing. I'm training for a holistic thing. And I want that. I want my approach to training to support that, to support training for a quality of life, to support training for this lifetime of athleticism, and honestly, to support all the things I want to do outside of my garage gym. All right. I want to be able to hike and not question my capacity. I want to be able to do jujitsu and not be afraid to go with anybody. I want to be able to run and clear my head and not feel like shit. Like I do, like these are part of, this is part of why I train is to try to keep my joints healthy, to try to keep my brain healthy, try to keep my muscles and my tissues really healthy. That is what we're training for. So it goes so far beyond just being a workout. Start treating your workouts like you are training for something because you are. Give yourself permission to say that. I think there's a lot of power there in restructuring how we think about our exercise approach or exercise programming. And again, maybe you're in a season of minimalism with your workouts, with your health, with your fitness. That is fine. That is fine. Do the minimum because the minimum is enough during those seasons. The minimum is enough to keep a foot in the door. And then know that the minimum cannot last forever if you're trying to play the long game of pursuing this lifetime of athleticism, of, prefer- of, of improving your quality of life. And so that's like the, the hard kick in the ass part. I think people are like, oh, I'm a mom. I got to do the minimum or nothing at all, right? Because they think they don't have time. They don't have the ability or maybe that ship has sailed. But that's like this, that just doesn't have to be the truth. There is power to be taken back at different points in time. And that I wish was, you know, there was a set timeline or game plan with that, but there's just not. It looks different for different people all different times. You just have to figure out what resonates for you and what works. Um, but I think that's a really significant key to thinking about our programming and our training is commit to doing the same shit Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or whatever, Tuesday, Thursday, <laughs> like three to four days a week. Commit to doing the same workout. And see how that goes. Do it for two months. I want you to tell me how that feels. Like I literally, I would love for you to DM me. And if that hasn't been an approach you've taken, I'd love for you to try it. How does it feel? Maybe you can add some load. Maybe you take it away. It just kind of depends on what season you're in. But do the same workouts where you have that structure in place. That's not any given specific training program at all. You have the ability to create your own workout. Take a compound lift, squat deadlift, overhead press, maybe like a a chest press of some kind, bench press, incline, whatever it might be, these fundamental movement patterns, and then add three accessory movements to that workout. If you're squatting, pick three accessory movements. If you're deadlifting, pick three accessory movements. Do three to four sets of that. Do that every single week for like two months. See how you feel. See how your body is performing. If you want variability, again, mix up your conditioning, mix up your your reps and your sets of those accessory movements or even the compound ones. Change what you're doing outside of your gym. Add something there. Create variability to your movement and your activity there. See how it goes. This might not be for everybody, but this this is the way of creating sustainable progress throughout this lifetime of athleticism, improving that quality of life, keeping your body forming well, moving well, feeling good, maintaining muscle, building muscle, 
things like that, we're able to train and repeat the stimulus. So we actually see progress and feel better. And eventually you're going to stop being bored. You're going to start feeling grateful. Because I do every, every day I go to the garage. I'm like, I'm so glad I know what I'm doing today. It's easy. I know what I'm doing. And you know what? If I don't want to do that particular movement, then I won't. I'll change the accessory or I'll drop the load. So then it feels like there's less of like a mental barrier. It's deadlifting, right? If I'm like, I do not want to lift over 200 pounds today. Hell no. Then okay. Maybe I'll just do deadlifts at 135. Call it a freaking day. That is fine. Giving yourself permission to make adaptations to like how you do something versus what you're doing. Like there's a lot of power there. There's a lot of power. And that's how we move the dial forward when we approach our programming like that. But I wanted to touch on those points because I do feel that this has gotten lost in translation again, even among like the coaching practitioner community, because we think we're afraid like our clients are going to get bored. That's where our education piece comes in, where we tell them like, this is actually going to get you stronger and feeling better and looking better and all these things. This is what does it. It's not like trying to kick your ass hard every single day. We can sprinkle that in, of course. But you will get what you want by doing a lot of the same stuff over and over and over and over. Not just for six weeks, not just for six months, but for a very long time. And yes, you'll see like little wins and experience different variations of gains during that six week period or during that six month period. Absolutely. But that's how we create that buy-in and that feedback instead of just the, how hard can I kick your ass in a workout or like a random workout every, you know, every day of the week, they'll start to see it. And that comes from basic, basic education that I think has really gotten lost in translation of what constitutes a good training program. Um, so we, it's our job as coaches and practitioners to be the ones to communicate that, not the ones to question that as much. So if you are resonating with this or maybe if you feel real freaking confused because now you're rethinking like how you've been training what you've been told all that stuff I mean I can help (laughs) if you're pregnant I have the pregnant athlete training program that's 36 week strength and conditioning program and yeah some of the workouts repeat that's the whole freaking point um so because your body changes all the time we need you to get used to things and we need to pull back. We need you to get used to things and we need to pull back. And we make all of those modifications um, built into the program because we're not going to be having you do something at 30 weeks pregnant that we wouldn't recommend for a 30-week pregnant individual to do. So that's the pregnant athlete training program. The eight-week postpartum athlete training program is a really great way to bridge rehab into the fitness you actually want to do. I know none of you probably want to be doing a boring rehab program or you want to be listening to this podcast and probably want to resonate with my vibe. I know that you want to be athletic and you want to feel good. You want to feel like yourself again. And this program kind of helps combine those worlds of like, yes, honor your rehabbing your body that needs to rehab and rebuild this foundation, but also like, let's get you moving more athletically and in a way that's going to be mentally and physically stimulating as well. Um, While prioritizing the health and safety of where your body's at at that point in time. And say you're beyond those seasons and you're like, I'm done having babies or I'm, you know, between having babies and I'm not like in those early months postpartum, I want something a little bit more. I have a monthly strength conditioning program for women. That's called the Practice Brave Fitness Program. It's very similar to the kind of training I do, the kind of training I've talked about here, monthly strength and conditioning program, where you do have consistent strength workouts, accessory movements, all of that is built in for you. 
And we do have conditioning recommendations that you can do alongside that strength training in that workout, or that's complimentary. You can add in and sprinkle if you need some ideas. Um, and we're really proud of where that program has, where it's grown to get, or what I'm trying to say, like how that program has grown and where we are taking it. I think there's going to be so much value in teaching women how to pursue a lifetime of athleticism, because again, it's not something we're taught. It's not something we're taught. We're taught quick fixes and deprivation and crazy intensity. But I'm telling you, you win when you play the long game, when you learn your body, understand your body, challenge your body and do that consistently over time. So those are the three fitness programs that I offer. So depending on what season of life you're in, I probably have something for you. And if you have questions about any of this stuff, I'm really happy to engage and have a conversation about it, provide some clarification. I know today was just a one-off of me kind of like rambling and talking about these principles. And I hope that uh, something resonated. If it did, and if any of the other podcasts you've listened to have hit home, you've learned a lot, anything, please, please, please leave a review. Like that is what helps get this information out into the world. So many lives can be changed by having access to improved information, feeling like they're making informed choices about their training and their body during pregnancy, postpartum, and beyond. And you leaving a review, supporting this podcast helps move that dial forward. That is like, honestly, the best thing you can give me is continually sharing this podcast and the work that we're doing with pregnancy and postpartum athleticism and all things practice brave. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and postpartum athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you. And please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work. Mm -hmm.